We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of the Bear Report Podcast. Training camp is officially underway as the Chicago Bears report to Hallis Hall. On Tuesday, we heard from Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, Justin Fields, E.J. Moore, Tremaine Edmonds, um, Eddie Jackson. And the first practice, although it's closed, will be on Wednesday. But nonetheless, training camp is here. We're going to get into all of that stuff on this new episode here on the Bear Report Podcast. Before we do all that, though, let's bring in my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, as, as we're kind of talking before the show started, here we are. We got to hear from Ryan Poles. We got to hear from Matt Eberflus. Um, it's kind of the appetizer. And now the full go begins on Wednesday morning at House Hall with training camp practices. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy that that <clears throat> football is, you know, finally a thing again, man. Like it's it, it's weird because it's like I feel like in some ways the offseason took a while and it was pretty hectic. And then in other ways, like it feels like it came up quick, man. It's just it's crazy, man. We're because we're basically um, you know, by the time people listen to this, we'll be about a week away because it's next Wednesday is when they can put on the pads. And then, you know, the Bears are, you know, about two and a half weeks out from uh, their first preseason game. So, I mean, it's it's going to come quick. And obviously, as we know, the preseason goes by quickly. And then obviously you got a slew of roster decisions to make. And then you get in the regular season. So it was uh, definitely good to hear from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and some of the players. And it's, it's going to be a very interesting year. I mean, I, I've, I, I don't know, like maybe it's because I wasn't quite as <clears throat> like plugged in after, you know, basically after the draft or whatever, but I just have uh, like a weird optimism, not like they're going to, you know, compete for a Super Bowl, but I have this weird optimism that they're going to be considerably better this year. And we're going to be going into the, you know, the latter parts of December with them still on the playoff push for probably, I'd guess either a wild card spot or possibly the division, depending on, you know, how the division pans out. But 
it should be a much more exciting year than it was last year. Um, and then, you know, obviously they played a lot of close games, but they were also three and 14 and had the number one overall pick. So it's kind of got to go up from there. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's really nowhere else to go. And, and like I've said before, and, and, you know, I'm sure you share the same thoughts. They had the worst record last year, but I, I don't think they were anywhere close to being the worst team. Now we go into year two of the Matt Aberflus and Ryan Poles era here in Chicago. And, you know, it, it's we got to see results like Ryan Poles is, is kind of, you know, spent that first year rebuilding this roster, tearing it down from what Ryan Pace in the previous regime left him. Um, you know, they had a lot of money to spend. He's got a second draft class this offseason. You know, they inherited Justin Fields. I believe they have like 14 players left over from that 2021 uh, roster or era that was Ryan Pace. And you know, now it's go time for Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. And hearing them speak today, um, you know, there was a lot of talk, a lot of things we'll get into. Um, but, you know, right away, one of the things kind of talk about, you know, expectations, um, it, it was interesting to kind of hear what, what, what Poles had to say. And, and, you know, they set high expectations. They obviously want to win a championship. Um, they want to improve. They, they want to, you know, get to the playoffs. And, you know, for Poles, I mean, he was flat out asked, you know, what's it like managing these personal expectations as a general manager? Now you're in year two. Here, here we go. And, you know, he said, you know, I think that's sticking to the plan. You look at the big picture, building the draft, supplementing through free agency, making sure your decisions that you're making are sound and, you know, where they're at right now and not putting them into a situation where it damages some of the stuff that they've done and, and kind of created the path and, I kind of thought that was a little interesting um, because, you know, Ryan Poles, to me, when I listen to him talk, you know, he is a general manager, but sometimes I kind of just don't think of him as a general manager, as, as odd as that says. Sometimes, you know, it's not like he dances around the question, but it's it's kind of like, you know, he doesn't like fully want to reveal the details and it kind of goes into like the secretive stuff um, that the Bears have had with ownership. But, you know, just kind of hearing the expectations they had set, you know, I, I, I want to say, um, you know, he also said something like they don't have a ceiling on, on what they can be. Um, but they kind of went back, you know, we have to win a division. Then we want to be a championship caliber, caliber team, and that standard will be there. So pretty much just normal GM speak. Um, you know, Matty Rufus had a kind of a similar answer. And then, you know, I, I think it was Justin Fields and DJ Moore both said, you know, get over 500 and get into the playoffs. And, you know, it's kind of like, sitting here it's like oh duh because you know they did have um the worst record in the league last year so as we said to open this up you know nowhere to go but up well and i think you know when you when you look at it and you know we've kind of talked about this before like you're the bears are in the right conference and division to make something happen right i think outside of maybe the nfc south i mean at least on paper the nfc north is probably the worst division in football right and i mean we saw something similar happen last year with the jaguars where Oh, you're, you're muted, Aaron. I think you hit the mute oh, button on accident. Yeah, I must have accidentally muted myself there. Uh, I don't even know. Where did I leave off there? Uh, you're talking what, about the Jaguars last year? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the Jaguars last year is you know, kind of a similar situation where, uh, you know, they, they basically ended up winning the division in Week 18, um, you know, because the division was so weak. I mean, there was literally one team over 500 in the entire division. Uh, we kind of saw the same thing in the, the NFC South as well. So, again, obviously – 
you know, getting into record predictions this early before camp is, you know, not overly great. And then obviously, you know, predicting records as a whole is usually kind of a feeble task. But with that being said, I mean, look at the NFC as a whole and look at the NFC North. And I think this comes down to quarterbacks, right? And, you know, obviously Justin Fields and DJ Moore talked today. And I would say what 90% of the questions went to Justin Fields. Uh, but th- I think there's a lot of intrigue there because, you know, you, you look at the NFC and you say, okay, you know, who are the, the, the top quarterbacks or the elite quarterbacks in the NFC? And, you know, you really start kind of going down that list of teams and there aren't a lot of good team or there aren't a lot of good teams in the NFC in my opinion, but there aren't a lot of teams in the NFC with really good quarterbacks. And it's, at least to me, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that we leave 2023 thinking that Justin Fields is a top three to five quarterback in the NFC, if not better. I mean, there's, there's not a high bar to clear, especially with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers being gone. I mean, I, you know, Jalen Hurts is obviously there and there, there are other names, but when you really look at the teams, I mean, look at like, you know, the top teams in, in the NFC, I mean, the 49ers, it's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not a believer in Brock Purdy yet. I mean, he's going to have to do a whole lot more than he did last year. And he's going to have to, you know, it, it just, I, it feels like that offensive system is much more of a helper than the quarterback is, you know? So you start looking around, you start looking at the, just within their own division, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Jordan Love, like, you know, there are some solid quarterbacks in that conversation, but there's nothing fantastic. There's no top 10 quarterbacks. There's no top five quarterbacks. So, you know, they, they talked about the championship mentality and how they, you know, they're basically going to go into this season. They're going to go into every game. They're going to go into every situation with that type of mentality, um, and obviously, you know, like you said, that's kind of coach speak, GM speak, whatever you want to call it. But I think, I, I think the reality is, uh, you know, the bears are in a spot where obviously they need to improve, right? I, to me, and I know some people are going to disagree. I think anything less than seven wins is a disappointment this year. Um, they were in a lot of close games last year. I think you could have easily made an argument for them being a six, one team last year. Obviously they weren't, but they have a better team. They don't have a great team, but I think again, really what this comes down to for me is the fact that if they have a top, let's just say a top three quarterback in the NFC, if they have the best quarterback in their own division, why can't they win the division? Right. You know, it's like the, the way that the NFL is built around, uh, you know, in terms of teams and how, you know, teams are structured offenses went out over good defenses. So, I mean, ultimately what this comes down to is even if the defense is still bottom 10, bottom 15 in the league, if they have a top five to 10 offense and they have one of the better quarterbacks, then that's going to go a long way. So, yeah, I I think at this point, you know, it's kind of one of those, you got to take everything with a grain of salt, you know, and, and kind of see it play out on the field. And I think, you know, the other key thing moving into these next few weeks is, you know, it's never wise to overreact to anything, either positive or negative when it comes to training camp, right? You know, like we just talked about, the pads don't go on until next Wednesday. So there are going to be, you know, some empty practices, uh, you know, before things really get going. But I don't know, like I said, I I, I just, I think that, <clears throat> I'm not going to say the sky's the limit because I think they're, unlike Ryan Poles, I think there is a limited ceiling to this team this year. Like I don't see there being any way possible that they compete for a Super Bowl. Um, but I don't think them winning the division or sneaking into one of the final wildcard spots is out of the question if everything goes right for them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You hit the nail on the head. They are in the right division. Like if they were in the AFC North, they would be the fourth best team by a long shot, I'd say. Like if they were in, um, you know, what's another good division out there? Like the AFC East, they're, they're not ready to compete there. The AFC West, um, even like the NFC East, they'd probably be the fourth best team considered. But they're in like the right division to kind of be that team. We, we see it pretty much, I think, almost every year. You know, I don't know the exact stat. I remember a couple of years ago we said it on our podcast, I think it was like the last six or seven seasons, a team has gone from worst to first in the NFL. And, you know, I, I'd say looking at the teams that, that finished last place last year, I mean, the Bears, they're right there. I mean, they have to be among the top candidates to go worst to first. Like, we think Arizona's going to do that? No. Um, you know, maybe the the, the AFC East, I, I want to say, was it the was – the, Patriots last place or the Jets, one of those two. If it was the Jets, yeah, I could see that. The Patriots, maybe. But, like, the Bears are in a good spot to, to win a division, um, potentially, if everything goes right. And then, you know, you get to the playoffs, maybe you you win a game. But at the very least, you get that experience for Justin Fields. You get that experience to kind of build the roster up. So, yeah, I'm in total agreement with you. Um, but, but looking at this roster, one thing that's – you know, been missing in my eyes and been missing for a lot of fans is they they lack, you know, that edge rusher. They, they lack a guy that can go out and rush the passer. The, I mean, they're leading sack. Uh, the leading leading players that had the most sacks last year for them, Jaquan Brisker, um, Jack Sanborn, I believe, was one, and Roquan Smith. And Roquan Smith's not even on the team anymore. So they got to find that production from that defensive line, the edge rusher position, and, you know, as we're, as we're sitting here talking about this, there's that report now um, from Peggy Kaczynski, who was at Hallis Hall today, um, that the Bears are showing interest in someone like Justin Houston as a, as a pass rusher, a veteran who's got experience. You know, he's not going to go out and, and get you 15, 16, 17 sacks. He's going to go out there and, and give you good reps, give you good um, um, pressure on, on, the, on the quarterback. And it'd just be a move that could kind of maybe even help out someone like Dominic Robinson, help out someone like Travis Gibson, um, maybe plays well alongside Demarcus Walker. But in talking to Ryan Poles today, he said himself, he said, you know, we're always looking to improve our roster. We are high and excited about a lot of guys on this roster, especially at that position when asked about the edge rusher, but they're always ready to improve and, and add. It sounded like he was going to leave the door open. I think you can agree with me. I, it kind of just feels like it's, it's going to be a matter of time um, that they're going to try and add one of these edge rushers here, you know, before training camp really gets ramped up. I mean, let's be honest, you know, we, we, we talked about this in a group uh, earlier, 
Like, dude, this is purely posturing at this point, right? The Bears have $32 million in cap space. They have the most cap space in the league. They have a massive hole at edge rush. They, they right? have to spend, I think it's $25 million, right? It's about $25, and they have yeah. to spend that. And just keep in mind, because a few people have asked me about this, uh, it, it has to be before the new league year next year. So they have yeah, basically so it's next until year. March. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, yep. let me just let me just read you some of the free agent names that are still out there. Jadavion Clowney, Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, there's also Justin Houston, who obviously you just mentioned uh, a minute ago. Trey Flowers, Kyle Van Noy, um, Melvin Ingram. You know, so I mean, you're just looking right there. Uh, Carlos Dunlap's another guy. Um, I don't think they're going to bring back Robert Quinn. I'm just kind of going down a list here. So, I mean, I just gave four or five guys right there that would absolutely be upgrades. And here's the thing. Like, I know a lot of people are sitting here saying, well, why not chase young or why not so-and-so? And it's like, okay, well, the thing is, is that the bears are kind of in that spot right now where unless like a random trade candidate comes available, I just don't think that there's a long-term answer there. You know, like Bryce Huff has been a name that's been mentioned, you know, quite a bit over the last month or two. Could he make some sense as a long-term option? Yes, but also at the same time, Bryce Huff is a guy that, yes, he had the highest uh, win rate in the league last year in terms of uh, pass rushers, but he was still a part-time player and he had six sacks. You know, So we're, we're talking about a guy that's unproven going into his fourth year, and I think it's also worth noting when you look at the draft next year, and again, obviously we don't want to get you know too crazy into this, but when you look at the draft next year and then you look at just some of the potential free agent names that are going to be out there, like a guy like Yannick Ngakwe or Justin Houston would probably rank you know, anywhere from like 12 to 15 on the list next year so far. And obviously guys will sign, guys will get tagged or whatever. But the point being is, is you don't need to go out and rush a long-term solution if there isn't one there. Like, I feel like in some ways, I think the the uh, the, the Chase Claypool trade can be a cautionary tale on how sometimes a move made, you know, with eyes on the long-term. When they when they signed, I don't know if you remember this, when they traded for him, uh, I think it was uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, basically put out a, an, an article saying something like, you know, Chase Claypool is going to, could be the first $30 million a year receiver. Like right after the Bears traded for him, we were all talking about it. Everybody thought that that Chase Claypool was a guaranteed extension guy. He had 14 catches for 140 yards. And now he's going into this season as probably the wide receiver number three for this team after the Bears went out and, you know, basically, you know, landed DJ Moore and use one of those valuable, you know, trade resources or whatever you want to call it when they traded the number one overall pick away. So it's one of those things where I think sometimes you just have to naturally let things come to you. And I get the frustration, but at the same time, like you look at this offseason, it's like, what were the Bears really supposed to do? I mean, were they supposed to go out and were they supposed to reach on an edge rusher in the first round? Then we'd be talking about who's, you know, who's starting a right tackle for them because of the way the draft happened. You know, it's like, it's one of those situations where, Yes, in hindsight, it probably would have been nice to have number 32 overall um, and not Chase Claypool, and they could have used that on the edge rusher. But for what they had in terms of the free agent market, in terms of, you know, what we're looking at right now, um, you know, with the, you know, w- with what happened in the draft, like a lot of those options from free agency on days one and three are still available. I think a lot of people thought y- Yannick Ngakwe was going to be somebody who signed within the first day or two of free agency, and he hasn't. He's still out on the market. So, this is kind of a long way of saying one, I would be absolutely shocked if the bears were able to find a long-term solution at edge rusher. The good news is they're going to have a lot of money next year. Uh, the free agent market should be better. Um, you know, quotation should be, we'll see how that works. 
but they have two first round picks next year. You know, that you could very easily sign, you know, a better free agent next year and then go out and draft one in the first round. And that's not even talking about the development. But I think really what this comes down to more importantly is on a one year type of contract or two year that, you know, two year deal that basically only guarantees one year is the fact that the Bears have a lot of options and the Bears are one of the very few teams that have expendable money to be able to use right now without having to go out and clear more cap space. So I think the Bears view themselves as kind of sitting in the driver's seat in terms of they can say, hey, we'll wait, we'll wait you out. With the Yannick Ngakwe, that's been kind of the talk so far as he wants somewhere, you know, two years, $20 million. Okay, well, Ngakwe is a good player, but the problem is, is he's a good pass rusher that doesn't bring much else to the table, right? So you're talking about a guy that is probably one of, if not the worst run defending edge rusher in the league. So it's like, if you can, if you can go out and get, let's just say, uh, you know, let's just say you can go out and get, uh, you know, somebody like Justin Houston um, instead for similar money or less money, then maybe that makes sense for them to do. Because again, if you're looking at this as a one year approach to kind of help things along, to help the development, to kind of see what you have, then it makes more sense. And, you know, the thing about this is is the Bears don't have an edge rusher, in my opinion, that they can develop and build that has, like, you know, a bright future. They, they took one high in a draft, anything like that. At this point, though, they don't need one. They're not going to find one. Like you said, like, you, you'd have to trade for someone like that. You're going to give up a lot of, uh, of assets to do that. That's just not the route they're going to go. I think you'd be shocked with that. I'd be pretty shocked with that. So they're pretty much looking for a guy as a stopgap, someone that can come in, just give them some extra snaps, extra pressures, a couple sacks, um, a veteran. Um, you know, maybe they sign someone to a two-year deal. Um, but the market, I mean, there's, there's nothing out there that's going to get you a long-term solution, as you said. Now, next year, I mean, it, it should be a very good draft for for edge rushers. And the Bears have the potential, you know, they have two picks in the first round depending on how they finish or Carolina finishes. One could be top 10, one could be top 15. I'd be shocked if both teams were picking outside the top 15 with those picks there. Um, but there's a lot of talent, and I think you know they'll look at edge rusher in the draft. Um, they'll look at edge rusher in, the, in, in free agency. They need to find someone eventually. And like I said, you know, they don't have anyone right now that's up and coming that they can kind of rely on this dynamic. You know, maybe the closest thing they have to that is, you know, Dominic Robinson, but he'd have to take a big, you know, a significant step forward um, in his progression this year. I mean, he flashed times last year, you know, the week one, he had a, a sack and a half and, and he really played well against Trent Williams. Then he disappeared for six, seven, eight games and had another game where he had like a, a sack and a half or something like that and then disappeared. So, you know, he's got a long way to go. Travis Gibson's just really never panned out. Um, you know, I think he had that one good year in, in, or one solid year in 2021. Um, but other than that, you know, not much to, to, to show for it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be fine with Justin Houston. Like I said, I don't think it's a long-term solution. Um, you know, at all, but it's someone that can come in and, and give you valuable, valuable reps because like, like you said, there's just, there's not much out there right now. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just one of those situations where the bears don't have a lot on the roster. So it kind of gets to a point where frankly, they just, they have to, they, they're going to have to sign somebody. Right. I mean, it's just, that's just, just, it is what it is. And like I said, they may not be competing for a Super Bowl. But they absolutely should have their eyes on a playoff spot this year, even if it doesn't happen. I mean, you start 
working your way towards that. I know a lot of people last year were talking about, you know, learning to win. And, you know, I think that this is the year that they need to kind of learn to start winning because, you know, they have at least a decent chunk of their core players around. And, you know, obviously if Justin Fields works out, then that makes everything better. But yeah, I think, you know, in, in historically speaking, really, if you go back and you look at Matt Eberflus's defense, especially when he's with the Colts, they've never had a like elite edge rusher, you know? So it's one of those things where, you know, obviously Ngakwe did play uh, a year under Eberflus back in 2021. Um, and, you know, it, it, I just it's kind of weird because he just doesn't schematically, he just doesn't really seem like that good of a fit because he can't defend the run. But, you know, for the most part, Matt Eberflus has never really had very good edge rushers. But I think at the same time, when you look at what they've done on the interior, especially with a guy like DeForest Buckner, um, you know, I think that that's kind of where the trade-off is. And right now, because of the you know, just because of how unsure the interior defensive line is, I think that's what kind of makes this a little, little tougher to project. I mean, I think they have a lot of upside in the secondary. I think they have one of the better linebacking groups in all of football. If you could even have an average defensive line that can at least get after the quarterback some of the time, I think that's going to make a world of difference. Cause I mean, we've seen Matt Eberflus. I mean, go, go back and look at those Colts defenses, especially when he took over in the beginning those were not very talented defenses. A lot of the guys on those defenses are guys that he made, you know, basically made their names. You know, Kenny Moore was an undrafted free agent. You know, Kenny Moore is one of the better nickelbacks in the league. I know he had a, you know, kind of a rough year last year. But if you really go back and look, even a guy like Rocky Sin was the same way. You know, it, you know, another guy that he was, a, I think he was a second round pick and, you know, they developed him and they did well. Um, you know, they, they've, those defenses have done well developing their own players, but unfortunately the bears don't have that talent or that developmental guy at edge rusher right now. So go out and get a veteran piecemeal it together for another year, figure out where you're at, see where, you know, if Travis Gibson takes a step or if Dominique Robinson takes a step or who knows, maybe, maybe uh, Demarcus Walker ends up turning into, you know, uh, you know, you know, a really good player or whatever, whatever the case may be. But I do think that you need to at least go out there and add somebody who can rotate as a, you know, second and third down rusher uh, for this team and kind of, you know, take take it up a notch on defense. I don't think the defense is going to be great this year, but I think you're going to need at least another pass rusher and kind of hope that the development on the uh, interior defensive line takes off. Uh, let's talk about the offense, Aaron. And I guess, you know, the big story the past couple of days, you know, one of the biggest stories of the offseason, we've mentioned before, was, was Chase Claypool. And, you know, we saw him in Paris on, and during the offseason on his personal time. We saw him working out um, with Justin Fields and the, and the rest of the receivers and and all that um, th- this offseason. And then we see him go on the pup list on, on Sunday. And then he comes off of the pup list on, uh, on Monday. And we never really got much clarification um, on exactly what happened, what the injury is. All we know is that Matty Reflus told us it's it, it's soft tissue, um, and then he's mentioned among other things. We still don't know. Um, you know, Ryan Pohl told us today that he just needed an extra day or two to kind of get right. Um, so I guess it just looks like it was a little more precautionary to go on the pup list. It doesn't seem like anything's wrong with him. He's fully cleared to 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 go out and practice on Wednesday. I think we'll see him out in practice Wednesday. What do you make of this whole Claypool situation? Um, you know, with this whole offseason, the pup, the injury, 
all this stuff. I for me, it's you know, it's 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 a lot of freak out we saw on Twitter. Um, you know, we saw people overreact, like like what happens with every roster move or every decision that this team makes. But uh, to me, you know, it's just it's a little weird that we don't know the exact injury or you know what happened. Um, you know, if he maybe suffered a, a small setback, but um, yeah, nonetheless, I guess he's he's ready to go. Well, I, I think that Claypool is kind of in one of those tough positions, especially from a fan standpoint and maybe a national standpoint where, you know, and it's not his fault, but the Bears gave up number 32 overall to get him last season. I think a lot of people thought that he was going to come in and take him a few games to get going by the end of the year. You know, he'd be basically their number one receiver. And frankly, I think had he been the guy that a lot of people were expecting, I think that, DJ Moore is probably not a part of this team right now. I think they probably would have went in a different direction of what they were trying to target ultimately. I mean, maybe, maybe Derek Brown would have been on, you know, would have been the big trade piece instead. But I think that ultimately because he didn't come along as fast as, you know, people had hoped. And then obviously, you know, the knee injury happens and the, the frustration kicks in. Then I think that he's going to be playing from behind the eight ball, especially when it comes to fan and national perception. And I think that's just, kind of the reality of the situation, fair, unfair, it is what it is at this point. Um, and, you know, here's the reality, uh, you know, barring an injury, let's just assume that their top four or five targets stay healthy throughout the year. I mean, you got DJ Moore, who's the clear number one receiver for the Bears. I mean, we just, we know that at this point. Then you have Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool, who are going to be two and three, you know, mix and match, however you want to do it. Then you have uh, Cole Komet, and uh, you also have Robert Tunyon, and then obviously, you know, you have some of the other depth receivers as well, Bayless Jones Jr. and Tyler Scott, who I think is going to end up being a pretty big factor by the end of the year. When you really do the math on it, I mean, I, I think the Bears are going to try to throw, you know, maybe closer 25, 30 times a game. Um, obviously, that 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 doesn't count the times that Justin Fields is going to take off and, and scramble and do whatever he's going to do. So, you're not looking at an offense that's going to throw the ball 40 times a game. You're not going to see these gaudy numbers where Justin Fields is going to have 40 or 50 attempts every other game. Like, that's just not going to happen. That's not how this offense is built. The Bears are going to lean on the run. The Bears are going to, you know, continue to stay balanced. It's not, this isn't the Matt Nagy offense. So when you just start kind of doing the basic math, and this is something I was talking to a buddy about last night, like one of these two receivers is going to get left out. One of these two receivers is going to have four or 500 yards by the end of the year, because that's just how the math is going to work out. You have to imagine that Cole Komet and or Robert Tunyon are going to have a solid impact in this offense because they're tied in. So when you look at it from that perspective and you look at the fact that DJ Moore is going to be the number one, there can only be, you know, one number two guy, you know, that number two target. I don't, I, I can't imagine that we're going to get to the end of the year and DJ Moore is going to have 11 or 1200 yards. Komet's going to have, you know, six, 700 yards, and then you're going to be looking over at, you know, uh, Claypool and Mooney, and both of those guys are going to have, let's just say, 650, 700 yards. I think what's going to end up happening is I think that you're going to have Moore and Komet sitting at those totals, and I think you're going to have, you know, one of the two, whether it's Mooney, whether it's Claypool, that are going to be sitting at eight or 900 yards, and one of these guys is going to be sitting at four or 500. And I think that ultimately what that comes down to is, is that one of those guys is probably going to be staying, um, you know, getting a contract extension. And the other guy is going to be leaving in free agency. And I think at least in my personal opinion, I think just because of how this offense is going to work. And I think in terms of schematic fit and just overall relationship with Justin Fields, I think that Chase Claypool is going to be the odd man out here. I think Chase Claypool is going to be the guy that gets relegated to maybe more of the slot, gets relegated as that number three guy that comes off the field uh, when they're doing two receiver sets and, you know, looking at two tight ends or whatever else they're doing. So 
you know, I, I think that it's just, it's going to be a tough situation. I think unfortunately for him because of the expectations when the trade was made and because of how the trade was made and when it was made, I think that there are always going to be unfair expectations for him. And unless he lives up to those expectations and goes for 800 or a thousand yards this year, and turns into a primary target, I think that there's going to be a sour taste in a lot of Bears fans' mouth. And, you know, it's like I said, it, fair or unfair, it is what it is at this point. But I think that there's going to be added heat on him, uh, whether, you know, when that comes to the health situation and everything else. And even going into the season, I think that if Darnell Mooney makes a mistake, fans are going to be a lot less likely to blame him or harp on that mistake versus if Chase Claypool was to make that same exact mistake. I just, unfortunately, because of the situation, I think that's kind of where it's at. Yeah, you know, the spotlight is it's obviously on him just because of, you know, the draft asset that the Bears had to give up to to, to take him or to, you know, to acquire him and you know, unfortunately for Chase that's that's what comes with it. I mean, that's that's playing in the NFL as a wide receiver when you're traded and you know, the all the offseason stuff and working back, um, the spotlight's on him even more. Um, so yeah, you know, the the wide receiver position will be interesting to to kind of watch here in training camp and you know, I'll be keeping my eye on it. Of, of course, they are you know going up against a good secondary, and I'll be kind of in, in, intrigued to see how they mix and match these guys. You know, do they, do they work Claypool more in the slot? Do they work on the outside? Where does Mooney work? Um, where are the packages when you know someone like Tyler Scott or Velas Jones are are in the game? Are they going to be primarily you know in in the slot or, or anything like that? But yeah, you know, Claypool is, is a guy that you know not only the media is going to be watching, but a lot of fans going to uh, to training camp are going to keep their eye on. And, you know, he's going to have to have a standout camp in, in my eyes and, and have, you know, uh, a very impressive camp. And he's got to win some battles and become a target for, for Justin Fields um, excuse me, as the summer goes on. I'm trying to go over here in my notes now, Aaron. Um, there was really nothing else I – was there anything else in the press conference that you took away or anything that stood out to you? I'm trying to go through, and, and I don't really – find much it was just pretty much you know the open presser that, that they usually have um, obviously Justin Fields is not doing um, quarterback on Netflix he pretty much said he, he was he was asked to do it um, you know for this upcoming season declined and, and maybe he'll do it down the line but you know he's already been featured stuff like that so was there anything else I mean that catch your eye or anything um not particularly I mean like I said, I mean, really the, the, the extension thing when Ryan Poles was talking about, he basically, like he said, he wasn't going to talk about contract stuff. And then Patrick family kind of asked him, he said, well, you know, I, I won't ask you about a specific player, but you know, like what, you know, if, if you were to do extensions, you know, what would you basically like, you know, when would you prefer to have them done? Would you have them prefer to have them done early or do you mind it in season, whatever? And Ryan Poles kind of gave this weird answer that kind of made it seem like he wasn't in control of the situation, even though he is. And basically said something along the lines of if it were up to him, uh, he would prefer to get it done sooner rather than later. And it's like, I mean, I, I think we know at this point, you know, Chase Claypool is probably not going to get extended. Uh, Jalen Johnson feels kind of like a long shot to me, but I feel like Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet are those two players that really kind of, you know, stand out to me as guys that could get extended. And it'll be interesting to kind of see how it all goes. Cause I mean, as we're, you know, as we're doing the podcast, we're kind of starting to see, uh, kind of starting to see just, you know, extensions rolling through uh, for, you know, quarterbacks. And this is the time of year where a lot of that's going to happen. But I mean, for the most part, it's just kind of the same cliche stuff. I mean, it's all, 
it's all kind of setting expectations and the talk and, you know, all the fluff and all that stuff. But realistically, you know, once this thing gets going, I mean, we're, we're going to see it all play out in the field. And I mean, luckily, you know, training camp starts, you know, the practices start tomorrow. And then, you know, by you know Thursday, then people actually get to see it and it'll be a little bit more open in terms of, you know, what information is getting out there. And we're not that far away from game starting too. So Sooner rather than later, I mean, we're going to actually get to see this kind of play out on the field before we know it. It's going to be week one. I, I guess we should note, you know, on, on the quarterback, um, as we're recording this, Justin Herbert uh, gets that mega deal contract extension with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, five years, $262.5 million. And how that relates to the Bears is if Justin Fields is the guy, you're going to be seeing a contract number larger than that in a couple of years in Chicago. So that kind of relates to Justin Fields if he is the guy, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's no shocker to me. It's probably no shocker to you, Aaron. I, you lock up one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and that's just the price to do business at, at, at a premium position right now. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, the reality of it is, is after this year, Justin Fields will be eligible for an extension and, you know, it'll be it'll definitely be interesting to see how it all pans out because there are there definitely are advantages to allowing a quarterback to play out his deal and at least extend him that fifth year option. And the Bears will have that option. I think the fifth year option has to be extended out by uh, May of next year. And there are advantages to that because basically with the fifth year option, obviously, it'd be cheaper than extending the guy. And it's not with the thought process of getting really a cheap year but it's more of like if you tack an extension on to that fifth year option after it's extended then you can basically put money in a way that you can basically get like that fifth year of you know uh, you know the fifth year play at a cheaper rate but you know with the way you structure it you can actually make things kind of like you can put a little bit more money in year four year five will be cheaper than a normal contract and then the you know when the actual extension kicks in everything's also going to be a little cheaper because you've at least thrown some money at the beginning. So there's ways to kind of layer contracts. Cause again, like the bears have a lot of cap space over the next few years that they're, you know, that they're going to be able to use, but it's also one of those things that as these guys, like as these you know, drafted players, which we haven't seen a lot of over the last few years because of Ryan pace, but as these drafted players get out of the rookie contracts and they want to keep them, that's when guys start to get expensive. I mean, that's that's where you want to spend your money on, and that's where you see the good teams able to retain players and you know, kind of start the balancing act, essentially, of having quarterbacks on second deals where, I mean, these guys are making 50-plus million dollars a year now. I mean, it's it's not the same thing as it was back in 2013 when Aaron Rodgers you know, was the highest-paid player in the league at $22 million a year. So it's, it's a very different ball game. The cap has gone up 86% over the last uh, 10 years. So, you know, it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, that's just kind of where things are going, but it's, it'll be interesting. I think if, if Justin Fields has a really good year and, you know, we come out of this year thinking that he's the guy and that he's one of the top quarterbacks and in, in the NFC or in the league or whatever, then I think the bears are going to pounce on it because as we've learned, and this has been a thing for quite a while, uh, even when Jay Cutler got his extension, is that, you know, the best quarterback doesn't always, you know, the best player at the position does, doesn't always make the most money. It's basically, you know, how it goes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes signed an extension three years ago, which seemed like a crazy amount of money, and now it looks like a bargain. That's just the way the way things are going with the way the cap's going up, and that's just going to continue to happen. So, yeah, he if all goes well, even if he extends next year, he's going to get more money than what Justin Herbert just got now. 
Yeah, it's 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 the price you have to pay, like I said, to have an elite quarterback at a premium, you know, position right there. So, Aaron, uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at? Where can everyone read your work? Yep, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter, and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach, Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Uh, you can follow The Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. Please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. We're trying to do more uh, podcasts as the weeks go on. I'm going to shoot to do a couple on my own just to kind of quick recap um, some of the stuff from training camp uh, as the days go on. I think I'll be doing one Thursday. So, you know, keep that, uh, keep those loaded in and check those out. And uh, yeah, until next time, everyone, please stay safe and uh, please stay healthy. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.